When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. She's trying to be the perfect mom, boss, wife, friend, and daughter. This is the worst day of my life. I Feel Bad. Special preview September 19th, part of Global Comedy. <laughs> Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. All right, well, it started after a weather delay in Philadelphia. We've had the opening kickoff on the new NFL season. Atlanta taking on Philadelphia. Falcons will have the ball to start the game. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Oilers rookie camp physical testing today. They're on the ice tomorrow morning. You can get more on 630Ched.com. They will play the Flames rookies Sunday afternoon. It's on Ched 1.30 for the pregame show game at 2 o'clock. You can text 6.30, How about this? Rob says uh, 55 goals, 90 assists for Connor. Incredible. Jordy says uh, to the guy who said nurse is overrated, I beg to differ. If a Hall of Famer named Larry Robinson says he's going to be a great player, then that's good enough for me. Well, that listener who said nurse is overrated was Randy, who has written back saying there's a difference between strong and mean. Nurse is strong. Wrong, but not mean. All right, that is a uh, text from uh, Randy to 630-630. And uh, Richard says, I think this year has to go well for Peter Shirelli for him to be secure in his job. Most of the things, funnily enough, he has been criticized for to date aren't his fault. 20 years of bad drafting, etc. takes a long time to clean up. Also, the lockdown NHL provides opportunities few and far between to fix teams who are perennially bad. But another year or two, the Oilers will have a large enough sample size to offset that delay effect and really make a decision if he's a good GM. That is a text from Richard. And Dan says, I think the Oilers have a good thing going with McDavid, Nuge, and Raddy last season. I'd like to see them as a starting line on opening day. I think Raddy is a mid-range sniper who can finish when double coverage is on McDavid. That is a text from Dan. Okay. We uh, will keep talking. Oilers, obviously, and we'll talk a lot of Eskimos here, too. Big game coming up on Saturday, and you're going to see more of this guy. Riley, he takes the snap. Cooper protects again. again. The pressure's coming. Riley has to get it away, and it is complete. Touchdown, Eskimos. Bryant Mitchell with the reception in the end zone. Mitchell came from nowhere to catch a rainbow that Riley delivered as he was being taken down. Bryant Mitchell, his unexpected touchdown catch against Montreal on August 18th with the injury to Darrell Walker. Bryant Mitchell back in the lineup. Bryant, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing very well. It's uh, it's great to have you on the show again, and uh, obviously an interesting week for the Eskimos here with the game on Monday, uh, and then obviously the news about Darrell Walker. Bryant, you know, I'll, I'll start there. Uh, you know, you, you see a teammate uh, go down and hear that he's going to be out for a while. Uh, you know, how, how does that affect you uh, personally? Have, have you talked to Darrell? What's been going on there? 
you know, it's never, excuse me, it's never a good thing. You know, uh, I talked to Darrell, you know, I texted him that day uh, when I saw it. You know, I was a little distraught. You know, I got to watch it and and see it live. So uh, it hurt me, you know, that he was hurt. Uh, Talked to him, you know, he's in good spirits. You know, definitely a blessing that it was something that happened that, you know, didn't end his career. So, you know, just definitely grateful for that in itself. You know, obviously, uh, when when the coaches come to you and say, "Okay, uh, you know, you're the guy, uh, you're the guy getting the opportunity," tell me a little bit about the last couple of days at practice. I, I know you know the offense, and you've played before, and you, and you played earlier this season. But how does how does the week of of practice and preparation change for you, if at all, uh, knowing that you're going to be starting? You know, I feel like it, it stays the same for you know me. I, uh, try to take every practice the same, try to push myself in every practice, you know. Um, One thing me and Zilstra always tell each other is, you know, go be great. And so I have to make sure, you know, no matter what, you know, if I'm ready when, you know, the time, when it's not my time, you know, then I'll definitely be ready when it is my time. Well, and I know we talked last time about uh, your, your patience and, and how sometimes you don't know week to week uh, uh, whether or not you're going to be in there or not. You, you know, in terms of where you're going to line up, do, do you prefer whether you're in the slot and maybe you play with the waggle a little bit or, uh, or if you're a wide out and you might be starting a little more stationary? Does that, does that change the game at all for you depending on where you line up? You know, it changes a little bit, you know, just from the different dynamics of running routes, you know. Uh, obviously, with the waggle, you know, and my speed, it's it's deadly, you know. But when you play in this offense, you know, and you have a great offensive-minded coach like Coach Moss, you know, you can really be anywhere on the field. So, you know, if for me, it really just comes down to just being productive and just, you know, doing my job at the end of the day, helping my team to win. Uh, that's really all I'm trying to do. Brian, you've been a very popular player, um, at least the interaction I have with fans who, who want to see more of you. Uh, you know, what, what, what can you say about, about the fan support uh, you've received? Because I know, you know, I've been getting a lot of, they, they got to put Mitchell in. Mitchell should have been playing more. Mitchell should have been playing sooner. I don't know if people come up and, and say that to you if, you, if you meet him in public or at an event or whatever. I mean, what can you say about that sort of, uh, here's the thing, you, you've been become popular by kind of uh, for for not playing as much as people would have liked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, no, you're right. I mean, it's nothing short of amazing. You know, this place is amazing. We have the most amazing fans, in my opinion. Uh, you know, I do, I do get that sometimes, you know, but, you know, with anything, you know, it's a business and it's how it goes. So, you know, I definitely thank this city. You know, I thank the fans for, you know, supporting me, you know, in a journey that I've been going through, you know, uh, it's definitely, like I said, it's a blessing to have people who are truly in your corner, you know, and want to see you succeed. So I'm definitely thankful for every fan that we have. Uh, you know, there's not one I'm not thankful for, uh, you know, it, it, it comes down to, you know, how the game goes and, you know, there's situations in which our coaches feel, you know, they have to do what they have to do. And so, you know, you just respect it as a player. You know, I know maybe it's not always the best thing from a fan's point of view, but, you know, uh, you just got to trust the coach to make the best decisions, and that's what I'm doing. 
Brian Mitchell joining us on Inside Sports Receiver for your Edmonton Eskimos. And I want to ask you this. I know you haven't been in all the games, but uh, you know, you, you've played or, or, or you've been heavily invested, obviously, watching. The, the second halves of games haven't gone that well. You've lost three of the last four, and, and those losses have kind of got away from you in the second half a little bit. What do you think has to change in the second half of games for, for the Eskimos to be able to finish stronger? We just have to come out with the same mindset frame that we did in the first. You know, with whatever it is, whatever sparked us in the first has to spark us in the second and even more. You know, I mean, this is a little fire for us. You know, we, we haven't been able to finish, and now it's time to finish. You know, at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to, you know. Uh, I, I used to hear the term all the time, it's not how you start, but how you finish. You know, you can start a race real fast, you know, and slow down at the end and lose the race. So, you know, for us, we're trying to pick our speed up and, and go ahead and win this race. Couple other things here. Um, NFL starting tonight, obviously, and uh, one of your former teammates. You mentioned him quickly earlier. Uh, Brandon Zilstra got to stick around with the Minnesota Vikings. I don't. I don't know if you've been in touch with him since uh, since the news broke or, or came down on the roster. But uh, just tell me a little bit what it's like to see Zilstra be able to stick with the Vikes. Uh, definitely, I, I've talked to him. You know, we talk just about every day. To be honest with you, uh, you know, he's my best friend. He's my brother so um we talk all the time you know it was a it, it, honestly like i told him you know i felt like i made the team that's how excited i was for him <laughs> you know just to just to experience that you know to see someone that you, you you know you love and respect and someone who you've seen work so hard for something to to obtain what they're working so hard at man i, I truly thank god that you know he was being he's able to be put in that position so I mean, we talk about it, you know, we actually just got through texting earlier about how each other's practice was, you know, uh, we, we set goals together, you know, we hold each other accountable. So, you know, to see him make it, it, it definitely, like I said, it feels like I've made it. <laughs> Well, that's that's an awesome way to put it. So you're clearly close with Zilstra, and I mean, I, I brought up uh, Darrell earlier. Obviously, your reaction to the injury, but uh, I mean, you and Darrell are, are are pretty close as well. How would you? What would you tell fans about that relationship? Oh man, I mean, you know, from the time we came into the league together in minicamp in 2015, you know, uh, you know, we're we're two strong-headed people who just began to get an understanding of one another and, you know, built a relationship. Uh, you know, me now having, you know, to be living in Houston, Texas, now we, you know, get to see each other in the off season, work out together, you know, and just understanding Darrell, man. He's one of the best people you'll ever meet. You know, has a heart of gold, you know, uh, wants to see kids succeed, you know, wants to see family succeed, wants to see his friends succeed and it's it's really a blessing you know and just to hear his life story man i'm telling you we've we've definitely you know talked when we've been down in the dumps and you know at the mountaintop so you know he's a great guy and you know i love him well, Brian, it's hard to to imagine you being in the down of the dumps. Uh, whenever we talk, you're always very upbeat, uh, very positive. I, I know the fans notice that, and people are wishing you the best here uh, through the rest of the season, and we'll start uh, Saturday against Calgary. So have a good one, Brian, and thanks again for coming on Inside Sports. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate you guys having me. That is Bryant Mitchell, ready to rock and roll for the Eskimos in uh, limited action this season. 
nine receptions for 146 yards, but of course he had that big game against Montreal last time he played. Seven catches, 128 yards. It'll be uh, interesting to see how well he fills in for Darrell Walker and uh, you know star receivers injured on Monday. Walker out six to eight weeks. The Stamps' Kamar Jordan has had surgery on his knee. He is out for the season, and there's even some rumblings that could be a career-threatening injury for Kamar Jordan. You want to go to the game? We'll send you. All you have to do is call Kellen Kennedy and say something nice to him. 780-496-0063, and he'll put your name down for two tickets to the game that you can pick up here at Ched tomorrow. Sound fair, Kellen? That's Sounds all you great. have to do. Compliment Kellen Kennedy. Thank you. And we're not even going to put you on air. You just have to do it over the phone. And like the a normal compliment. Not, not a creepy compliment. Normal compliment. <laughs> Otherwise, no tickets. Fair, fair enough. Uh, we'll uh, we'll get into some of this uh, disrespect talk. Uh, Bo Levi Mitchell, C.J. Gable, when we get back. This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Well, Stephen has told Kellen Kennedy that Kellen is a true professional, and that compliment enough to get Stephen two tickets to it. see the... Uh, Labor Day rematch between the Eskimos and the Stampeders. Uh, I know uh, reported earlier today, close to 34,000 tickets sold for that game. So the Eskimos hoping to get over 40. Looks like the weather is going to be okay. And uh, maybe, maybe the Eskimos can uh, pull it out this time. Boy, Kenny Stafford was talking to Morley about that tough loss on Monday. What's the week been like after the disappointment of not just Monday, but the disappointment of the last month in preparing to try and get it back on track? You know when you throw up and you got that like that that throw up taste in your mouth? That's what it's been like. We've been sitting in meetings, watching it, watch us beat ourselves. Credit to Calgary. They took advantage of the opportunity and they won the game, man. Like, we can't take that away from them at all. They got the W. But we know we got a chance to have the rematch and it's at our home and we know we got to control what we control. All right, that's a first for me. An athlete describing a loss like when you throw up, you have that throw up taste in your mouth afterwards. Boy, Kenny Stafford, that, that's a good... I mean, hey, you get cliches from athletes a lot. Kenny Stafford's not giving you the cliche. He's giving you the vomit reference. <laughs> Maybe that's what we need to start at Eskimos games. When Kenny Stafford makes a, a nice catch or scores a touchdown, you know how you can get that fake vomit? Like, if you threw that on the field, would the Eskimos get a penalty? I wouldn't think so. Maybe he could use that as his prop to celebrate. But hopefully the Eskimos feel better about this game. You know, some of the stuff, obviously the, the storyline for the Eskimos have been that, that they, they feel they, they beat themselves. They beat themselves in that game. They turned over the ball. They committed a late penalty. They didn't capitalize on uh, some opportunities. So, you know, C.J. Gable said the Stampeders aren't some super team. They're, they're, you know, they're a regular team that is beatable, and the Eskimos had a chance to beat them, and, and they couldn't beat them. Well, uh, Stampeders quarterback Bo Levi Mitchell uh, unhappy about that. It's disrespectful. I mean, you think that you only beat yourself. You still have to come out here and try to beat us. Uh, I mean, let the man say whatever he wants to say. Whoever, whoever it is that says it, they can say anything they want. Uh, you know, the fact is that you know we're not going to give a game away. Uh, and if you felt like you did, uh, that's on you. But um, you know, we didn't give the game away, and we made sure to take advantage of it when they did. 
All right. Well, th- that's Bo Levi Mitchell. People still reference my interview with Bo Levi Mitchell from uh, from a couple of years ago when both he and Riley were having good seasons, and I, I started to say, okay, you guys, this and this. Who's And he cut me off and said me. He knew I was going to ask him who the most outstanding player in the league was. And it's funny, I still have people telling me that they – well, Bo Levi Mitchell plays for Calgary, so he was already hated. But that their hatred for Bo Levi Mitchell increased because of that interview uh, he did with me. Uh, you know, I, I, Bo Levi Mitchell runs his mouth. Let, let's just be honest here. And whatever, am I? you can call me a, that I'm trolling a Calgary player. You know what? Duke Williams runs his mouth, and he plays for the Eskimos. He, he gets a little excessive in what he does. He's running his mouth in the warm-up on Monday and is pushing with Don Jackson. So Edmonton players do it, too. It's a fact. But it's also a fact Bo Levi Mitchell does it, too. Bo Levi Mitchell is a bit of a punk. He, he runs his mouth. He, you know, he, he's self-aggrandizing. He looks for things to be offended about. So he's doing it there. And it, it is in this regard that pro athletes aren't normal human beings. They're, they're going to take everything to extreme. They're going to look for reasons to be offended. They're going to look for reasons to be motivated. And Bo Levi Mitchell is doing that. So I, I, I kind of look at it as part, part of it is, is saying to myself, okay, you know, good, good, good for the Eskimos for saying what they said and good for Bo Levi Mitchell for saying what he said because this stuff has been going on as long as people have been playing organized sports and it's going to go on as long as organized sports are played. Uh, but I also kind of roll my eyes at it a, a little bit too. But C.J. Gable was, uh, was asked to, uh, to follow up on, on this today, his comment about the Eskimos beating themselves. We were doing good. We just, like I said, we, we, we messed up. We had our fumble. We, we fumbled the ball on those three drives in a row, and that hurt us. That we, those key drives that we needed, we messed up. So that's what I was saying. And, you know, if you, try, if you take a disrespect, then a disrespect, whatever. But I was just saying that's what happened. It's kind of like you didn't get beat, you lost, kind of? Like, I mean, yeah. it's on you more than on them? Yeah, it was on us. We we messed up. Like, we, we had, I, I fumbled the ball on that crucial drive that we could have got a field goal possibly or a touchdown. And then Mike threw an interception, you know, and then Duke fumbled. And that, that was a big drive we was having. So all that comes in hand. It's not like if it was if it was beating us, then it would have blew us out, right? Exactly. It wasn't a blowout. We lost by three points. So I don't know what he's talking about. Uh, a lot of people assume that you guys are mad and frustrated because you lost to Calgary. But is it a bigger picture thing? The last, three of the last four losses, the way you guys have lost, is that maybe more the root of the thing? Yeah, we don't care about them. It's not about them. It's, it's not. It's about how we're losing and how it's go, how we're going to buy. And like we're losing because we're doing dumb stuff, and we gotta get that fixed if we want to keep it keep it going. And that's what the whole problem is. Calgary game is just this. Is pouring on to it like we keep messing up at the last part like we got to get that fixed you got to make sure it's the final straw right exactly you okay to go yeah we, i'm here to go you know i enjoy this i don't want to make too much out of it and i look at this what are they supposed to say if you're an eskimos fan you don't want cj gable to come out and say yeah you know what we just we just can't beat calgary they're just so darn good we're never going to beat them of course you want them to come out and say Doggone it, we had that game. If we just do a little better, we can beat them. 
you don't want them to come out and roll over and be like, well, I guess Calgary's just unbeatable, so uh, we'll just show up on Saturday and lose again. Of course you don't want them to say that. And from the other standpoint, you don't want Bo Levi to be like, oh, yeah, they had us. The thank- thankfully, they made a couple mistakes because we weren't good. No, he's going to say, hey, we won the game. doesn't matter how it happened. We beat the Eskimos. So it's fun. It adds to the rivalry. It adds to the trash talk a little bit. Uh, Bo Levi's not a likable guy, whether he's a good player or not, and he is a good player. And I wouldn't think he was likable even if he hadn't said that stuff. So anyway, that's where we come down on that. Uh, We have some very special guests. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. In studio, we got a guy in studio who's like retiring or something. We'll find out why when we get back. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, six thirty, Chad. Fun show so far, and the uh, fun level won't be going down in the next half hour. I promise you that. Uh, We're getting you ready for the Oilers season. Rookie camp underway. They're on the ice tomorrow. We'll broadcast a game, rookie game, Oilers rookies at Flames rookies on Sunday afternoon, 1.30 pregame. 2 o'clock for the puck drop, and then, of course, Labor Day rematch. Labor Day rematch, Saturday at 5. Our coverage will start at 3, Eskimos home to the Calgary Stampeders. Well, uh, also a home opener weekend coming up for the uh, U of A soccer team, and I'm pleased to be joined in studio by uh, the longtime head coach, of uh, the University of Alberta Golden Bear soccer team. I have his coaching record here spread out over several pages. That's how long <laughs> he's been there. Uh, making his uh, in-studio debut on the show, it's Len Vickery. Hey, Len. Hello, and thanks for having me. Well, thanks for coming in. And I got a couple of your players here, too, and we'll bring them in in a few minutes. I know you rushed over here after practice, so thanks for making time for us tonight. Uh, but somebody said, you know, you got to have uh, Len on the show because this is it. You're, this is, you're hanging up the, the, the coaching cleats, the whistle, the clipboard after this season? Well, apparently so. I haven't actually signed the form just yet, but uh, it's on my desk right now, and uh, we are in a so-called transition to one of the younger coaches perhaps taking over the program and uh, relieving me of the uh, the stress of coaching a, a <laughs> university-level soccer team. Now, i, I got to ask you, because your first season here was 85-86, um, what what brought you to the U of A back in the mid-80s as the head coach? Um, well, early days, I was in Calgary for five years, uh, picked up uh, uh, a teaching role, uh, but uh, knowing uh, the former technical director, Bert Goldberger, he, put, he had already put me to work uh, with all the provincial coaching courses, uh, the provincial select teams. Um, uh, I was coaching 24-7 and um, 
Uh, when 85 came around, there was a, an opportunity to come to the University of Alberta on a three-party agreement that was between the Canadian Soccer Association, the Alberta Soccer Association, and the University of Alberta. Uh, I came and uh, fulfilled the, the, all three of those roles uh, for the, the first 15 years before they became a little bit too much for one guy. Okay. Uh, Len, I mean, th- three national titles, uh, several... I-, I asked you during the break how many conference titles you'd won. You weren't sure. It's between 8 and 11. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, I got your I got your record here. I mean, except... I mean, there's like one year you guys stunk. In 2000-2001, you went 1-6-3. and three. Uh, I mean, uh, last year, 9-1-4. and four. The year before that, you only lost one game, won the national title. You know, uh, eight and four, nine and nine, two and four. What, what's what do you owe the success to? I mean, your overall your overall points percentage is six fifty two. So you're getting two thirds yeah. of your points over the course of your. How, how have you done it? Well, I think well going back to that one losing year. Unfortunately, um, at the beginning of the season, we lost two or three players to the um, to the professional indoor league, mm-hmm. um, and that kind of landed on us at the last moment. Uh, so we had to struggle with uh, a young group of players. Uh, but I think um, it's all testament. Uh, we talked about the three national championships, but before winning one, we well, we finished in uh, runners-up in four finals. So oh, wow. I've got uh, alumni who um, would beg to hear that... Um, there are people out there with the four silvers and um, um, unfortunately we had to uh, find a way to win a silver before we could find our way to win a gold uh, I mean you mentioned the alumni is, is that how rewarding is that for you to stay in touch with past players or, or run into past players well it's everything for me uh, I have a, a good connection with a lot of players even going back to 1985 um, so it's the alumni that um, uh, make it the success it is. Uh, they're out uh, fundraising, um, helping the program, uh, helping me scouting players, sending forward recommendations. So it's always useful to keep in touch with uh, all those players. And um, I have done over the years, and I, I will continue to do so. What, what about the makeup of your team? I mean, the one phrase I always use at the university level is you can win a lot of games in the off season, right? With with the recruiting, um, who makes up your team? Is it is it an Edmonton roster, a Northern Alberta roster? Or are you are you all over to bring guys in? Well, it, it's changed over the years. Early days, because I came from Calgary, I brought a number of Calgary boys uh, up to Edmonton, uh, and then during. Uh, uh, maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago, we had a good contingent coming from Saskatchewan. But uh, for the most part, uh, over all 34 years, um, primarily the players have come from our, our local area, Edmonton-based soccer players. Len, where are you from originally? Uh, northeast of England, close to Newcastle. So were you one of these guys, you, you, you had a soccer ball in your foot when you were like an hour old or what? Well, actually, no. <laughs> Funny thing is, uh, um, uh, my father was in the Air Force. I spent time in Singapore, uh, other ports of call around England. Uh, I didn't even start playing soccer until I returned from Singapore at the age of nine. Oh, really? Yeah. And then it became your life? It became my life. Um, <laughs> uh 
when I did start, I started and um, it was a passion right from the get-go and I did it day in, day out. When's England going to win the World Cup? Uh, before I die, I hope. Pretty close this year. How come <laughs> they couldn't get over the hump? It, it was encouraging this year. Um, of course, I was around in 66, yeah. uh, actually snuck into a game at Ayrson Park. Um, what would I have been? 11, maybe. Wow. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've got that history. I actually watched the game in 66 when we, went, uh, when we won at Wembley. Um, and I'd like to think we're going to win another one before I pass away. Len Vickery is in studio. He's the head coach of the U of A Golden Bears soccer team. This is his 34th, uh, and as he said, uh, likely final season, though he hasn't filled out the paperwork yet. Uh, two of his outstanding players are in studio. We'll bring them in when we get back. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio, 6.30 Chad. We are uh, having a lot of fun tonight. Lots of uh, feedback on the text line. You heard from Kyler Yamamoto, Evan Bouchard, Ethan Bear. More on Oilers Rookie Camp on 630Ched.com. Bryant Mitchell joined us, receiver for the Edmonton Eskimos. Looking forward to his opportunity with Darrell Walker out of the lineup. In studio, joined by Len Vickery, longtime head coach of the U of A Golden Bears soccer team. Two of his players, uh, a guy who recently became the all-time Bears leading scorer, Ajij Sakaria is in studio. Ajij, how's it going? Good, how are you? Congratulations on the record, man. How did that feel? Yeah, it was pretty amazing. I know I knew I was uh, a few back heading into the season, and uh, I was focused on getting the wins, obviously, but the points came with it. Now, uh, you're a striker? Yep. All right, so uh, you, you're supposed to score. Yeah. You're supposed to get points. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, what is amazing for me is you are the Golden Bears career leader in scoring in about half the time of everybody else on the list. How did you pull that off? Uh, we had really good players around me, and uh, they've been setting me up and creating chances for me, and I've been finishing them off. But to do it in two and a half seasons or whatever it was, is pretty amazing. Uh, so you have 30 goals in 31 career games, yeah. plus uh, 17 assists for 47 points. And you said, you're telling me you're fourth all-time in Canada West. Yeah. So you sh- you're hoping to break that this year. Uh, hopefully that's the goal. Um, if we're winning and we're squ- our team scoring goals, then I'll be up there in the points for sure. Len, what's the secret to this guy's success? Well, <clears throat> some of my old alumni will say we only played 10 games and you had to finish first to make playoffs. Okay. But, uh, I'm not going to take anything away from Ajish. Um, having, uh, as he says, yeah, he's had some great players around him in recent years. Um, two years ago, we were winning the national championship. Last year, we had a team good enough to win uh, once again and we're hoping for similar this year. But uh, Ajish is always around the box uh, finding those uh, if not the net, then a teammate to pick up the assists. Now, is your offense structured around trying to get him the ball, or is it just he in that in that position where he's going to wind up with the chances? He has the knack uh, just to be around 
he finds the ball uh, at the critical moments. We don't structure everything uh, uh, around him. Uh, we give him a little bit of freedom um, to to go as to round because he's uh, he's a quality player in the midfield as well. Um, so he becomes a little bit elusive that way because uh, nobody can quite pinpoint. Uh, or nail him down what position he's playing and uh, we've got and have had some very good foils in the last couple of years uh, take a little bit of the attention away from him so right. we can just sneak in and pick up all those points so Ajiz where does the, that nose for the ball come from for you like did you have to learn that did you have it as soon as you started playing soccer where does it come from I think growing up I always try to be a goal scorer and, and even in my youth days I won um, scoring titles with my club team and at Canada Summer Games. So I think I've always had that knack to, to score goals. And you're from Edmonton? Yep. And you've played, uh, where did you play developmentally? I grew up playing for Edmonton Juventus. Okay. And I was also part of the Green and Gold Academy under Len and Kurt Bosch and, and Marty. And then I got signed to FC Edmonton when I was 17. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, from the other end of the field, goalkeeper Connor James is here. By the way, I understand this is the first time you and Ajij have ever met. So, <laughs> <laughs> not quite. Not okay, I'm exaggerating a, a, a little bit. Uh, Connor, I mean, we we're talking about individual records. You are, I got to look through all my notes here that you're a PR guy, Semi. You're the Golden Bears all time leader in games played, wins, shutouts, minutes played. You are the Canada West leader in wins, and you're hoping to get there in shutouts. You're five behind. Uh, Dominic Butcher, for, who played for Victoria. Uh, but this this is, uh, Jesus in his third season. You're in your final season? That's right. I'm in my fifth year already. All right. And you're also uh, an Edmonton kid. Where did you play? Yeah, I was born and raised in Edmonton. I played for uh, Edmonton Southwest United originally. And then, like Ajij, I signed with the FC Edmonton team. However, I was just with the, the reserve team, so the academy. Okay. Um, Ajij was with the first team for a while. So we played together on the academy team for a couple years. Um after I graduated grade 12, of course, I went to the university, and that's why I'm in my fifth year now. Okay. So why did you want to be a goalkeeper in soccer? Like, trying to guard that big net seems like you got to be a little crazy to me. Uh, you know what? <laughs> I I get this question often, and uh, I think it was about U10, and I kind of, I had been playing soccer for a while, and I decided that I didn't really want to run so much, so <laughs> I said, you know what, I'll try playing in goal. And uh, it's... Uh, I'm I'm really fortunate that I made that decision because I I absolutely loved it back then and I still absolutely love it. I whenever I'm playing outfield in in practice, I kind of wipe the sweat off my brow and say, "Wow, I'm happy that this isn't my actual position." <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Uh, and you're how many games have you not started as a Golden Bear? Um, so I've played four years and this is my fifth or so three games into the yeah. fifth year and I haven't started the one game last year. So. <laughs> So, Len, you, what was it about Connor that made you confident as a as a freshman player, straight out of high school, right, to think, yeah. okay, I'm I'm putting you in goal, you know, arguably the most important position on the field. Well, we've definitely been blessed with good goal, good goalkeepers over the years, and the list is endless. But uh, if I remember correctly, we were losing a, an outstanding goalkeeper in Jay Vetch. We didn't really. Um, have people continuing in the program uh, for any continuity. We had to go out and find uh, a goalkeeper who could play immediately. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was Connor at the time. We, we were just very fortunate. He was ready to ste step up 
his maturity level was that much higher uh, so he was able to come in and um, uh, we didn't um, lose a beat that particular year what's the what's the one thing about being a soccer goalkeeper that maybe people who might watch the game casually or just watch the world cup don't understand because it, it, it's got to be about more than just the saves because there's the crosses there's the corner kicks all that kind of stuff yeah exactly so lots of uh, spectators will think oh being a goalie is primarily just making the saves right but in soccer there's so many more elements so one of the big ones is commanding your back for your your defenders making sure that they understand where they need to be positionally where the runs are coming from so you you play a really big role in guiding them another one like you're talking about is collecting the crosses or punching the crosses away dealing with whatever balls come into the box obviously you're the only one that can use your hands so you have a little bit more authority um, and again it's it's really important just like the outfield players to be able to play with your feet so you got to be able to pass mm-hmm. you have to be able to distribute the ball long from both the ground from your hands so there's lots of elements that come into play you know uh, when I watch international soccer you know the most of the soccer I watch is the is the World Cup or, or Euro and then the occasional game here and there but sometimes I think, why does the goalkeeper have to yell at his defenders when they allow a goal? <laughs> you don't do that, do you? Uh, you know what? I'd like to say no, but yes, I think my does. defenders would, would say something else. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's because you don't get much contact when you're playing as a goalie, so you get a lot of pent-up frustration and you got to let it out somehow. <laughs> What's your strategy towards stopping penalty kicks? Uh, you know what? I, I usually like to watch the hips, but... Oftentimes, I'll, I'll watch our video before and have a good idea of which way the uh, the striker or whoever is taking the penalty tends to go because oftentimes, you can ask Ajij, um, oftentimes a player will have a favored side. Sure. So I like to do, do the homework, figure out which side they like to go to, and then push that way. So you guys have ties in the regular season. Correct. Do playoffs go to penalty kicks or is there overtime first? Overtime first, followed by. So you've had you kicks. have had vital games decided on kicks then. Oh, we have. Do you yes. like that, Len, or would you sooner keep playing overtime? Well, you know, nobody's come up with a better way of deciding a game, and it's not as if you can continue playing forever and right. day. And, Could be. Uh, yeah. um, uh, and to be fair, the spectators love it. It brings a lot of drama into the. Uh, well, there is that into the game and. Uh, uh, everyone tunes in when it comes down to a penalty shootout. Now, Ajij, are you the kick taker if there's a kick in, in regulation? Yep. You, yeah. You step, because anybody, anybody can take it, right? It doesn't yeah. have to be the guy who was fouled. Yeah, it can be anybody, but yeah. So do I dare ask you if you have a favoured move, or, <laughs> or are you afraid that the Calgary and Mount Royal goalies are going to no, face this weekend? I do listen? have a favoured side that I always Or favoured side? To. But, but you're not going to reveal it. Might have to switch it up this year. We'll see. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, usually the goalie. Have you ever thought like the goalie usually moves? Have you ever, do you ever just drill it exactly where he was and then be like, hey, you could have just stood there, but yeah. you didn't. Sometimes when they move early, you can just um, wait until they move and then just place it to the other side. So right. some, some goalies go really early because technically they're not allowed to move early, yeah. but the ref usually gives them a yeah. little bit a little bit of leeway. Yeah. Do you do you like take? Well, I guess you, you like scoring. Yeah. But some some strikers have told me if they're in a bad spell or, or they've missed a couple, the, the net looks like it sh- has shrunk a little bit the next time they take a kick. Yeah, I, I feel like you lose a bit of confidence if you miss a couple, but I think I like having the responsibility and the pressure on my shoulders to, 
to kind of score those goals. Yeah, see, I love hearing that, right? That's yeah. what the top guys always say. They they want the responsibility. They want the, the game on their foot yeah. when it's on the line for sure. So you're out of the gate uh, well again. You started 3-0, and but you haven't played a home game yet? So home openers this weekend? That's correct. So you got Calgary uh, 2 p.m. Saturday, uh, Mount Royal 2 p.m. Sunday. Is there a chief rival you have in Canada West? Um, well, on the prairies, it has been Calgary in the past and more recently uh, Saskatchewan and Mount Royal are on the rise, but um, out on the coast and over the years, so it's a historical thing, It's it's been a UBC and back in the day of Victoria. Okay. Uh, Len, we started with, uh, you know, sort of an overview of your career and, uh, you know, 34 years at the U of A, a lot of success. What the heck are you going to do do with yourself when you're not coaching? Uh, that's a good question. I know, <laughs> I know we've bought a home in Canmore and we have a granddaughter and... Uh, um, I, I'm not going to be fully retired. I'm going to look to pick up some coaching uh, stints, uh, but short term and um, n- nothing full time and 24-7 as it's been for the, the last 30 plus years. All right, I'll wrap it up with your two players here, Ajij and Connor in studio. We're getting into the last minute of the show, so give me a, give me 20 seconds on each. Why has Len been a successful coach? I think he just demands so much respect from the players because of his history and his knowledge of the game is incredible and he he knows how to bring us players together and that's what he did two years ago. He brought us together and um, we all bought in to his philosophy and yeah. Connor? Uh, I would say that it's a combination of his soccer knowledge and his uh, personability or how, how he interacts with his players. He he makes sure that he cares about not only the, the athlete but also the person. And uh, I think that guys really respond well to that. They they want to work hard for him because of it. Guys, thanks for coming in. And all the best this weekend. So people can watch you 2 p.m. Saturday at Foot Field against Calgary and then again 2 p.m. Sunday against Mount Royal. Len Vickery, Golden Bears soccer coach. Connor James is the goalkeeper. And Ajiz Sakaria is the striker and uh, the Golden Bears all-time leading scorer. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thank man. you. Hey, thanks for tuning in tonight. You also heard from Bryant Mitchell. And get more on the Eskimos and the Oilers on 630Ched.com. We're back tomorrow, of course, more preview of the Labor Day rematch and the latest from Oilers Rookie Camp. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, the studio producer. The producer of Inside Sports is Dave Campbell. And uh, they have started the game between the Eagles and the Falcons. It is 3-0 for the Falcons. That one is in the second quarter. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks for tuning in. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.